Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Odds On Podcast, your home of football and sports betting. My name's Dan Tracy and for the next 45 minutes I'm joined by two top guests as we dissect all the numbers, look for the value and find those long shots before this weekend's football action. As I say, it's not just me on the show today, so before we start waxing lyrical about wagers, let's get the introductions out of the way. First up, I'm joined by James Caps. James, it's a pleasure to have you on the show again. How have you been this past week? Yeah, well, good, thank you. Enjoying the uh, latest spell of seasonal warmth and trying to uh, avoid another spot of sunburn. Got plenty of sun cream in hand, but I'm just about surviving. Please don't melt before the end of the show, that's all I ask. And also, last but certainly not least, is Jamie Brown. Jamie, I hope all is well. How have you been these past seven days? Yeah, really good, thank you. And of course, just enjoying the Premier League again. Of course, we had it back last weekend, some really exciting matches. And uh, yeah, obviously another week of exciting games ahead. And uh, I'm sure we're going to discuss them on this show. We certainly will. And the small matter of Tottenham being top of the table. But I digress. That's all the intros out of the way. Let's get down to business. And of course, before we start... Wherever you bet, check first with freebets.com, your best place for offers, tips and insight. And from a social media point of view, if you're placing any bets this weekend, let us know via the odds on podcast hashtag. And who knows, we may be discussing your winners on next week's show. OK, where should we start first? Let's go to the small matter of a London derby and one that sees Chelsea play host to Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. James, both teams got off to a winning start last weekend, so something will have to give. How do you see this one panning out? Yeah, well, Chelsea have really had the upper hand over Spurs in recent years. They've won all of the last five meetings and conceded only one goal in the last nine hours of competitive football against Spurs. But Tottenham are a strong proposition this year, I think, and they'll give this one a good go. We're still, of course, in the very early reaches of the season, so teams are still figuring themselves out. And I think what we may see here is a tight game between two sides who I think are very evenly matched these days. I quite like the draw at 13-5. to I also don't see many goals in this one. So under 2.5 is my goals pick here at 10-11. to Now, Jamie, from a Tottenham perspective, Chelsea in week two is never ideal. However, do Tottenham fans have a reason to be confident this weekend? Or is that confidence likely to see them fail in the same trap that we always seem to fall in into the last sort of few years, as James rightly says? So what have you got from a betting perspective? Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, I like the look of a draw as well, actually. I do agree with James on that one. I think on just the confidence side, I think that that's always been an issue for Spurs, actually, in terms of going to Stamford Bridge and kind of having this mental block. I mean, incredibly, since 1990, Spurs have only won twice in the league there. So it just shows that it's going to be incredibly difficult, regardless of how good Spurs are, to go to Stamford Bridge and get a result. We know with Chelsea that Spurs are their biggest rivals and they're always desperate to, to stop Spurs from winning. So I'm sure that's going to be the case on the weekend. That's always why it's going to be such a difficult game. The, you know, the crowd are always very much up for it at Stamford Bridge. So I think going for a Spurs win for this one would probably be pushing it because, as I mentioned, that record at Stamford Bridge is pretty shocking. But uh, I'd say you, you look at the two teams on paper, Spurs probably go in as the favourites. Of course, Chelsea are a side who kind of are figuring themselves out at the moment. You know, they're not a side who are probably done in the transfer window at the moment either. So I think you'd probably give Spurs the upper hand in terms of being the better team. But I just think that that Stamford Bridge factor is probably going to cancel that out. So uh, as, as James said, I think a draw is a really good shout for this one. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Even from just a supporting point of view, I don't think a point at Stamford Bridge is by far the worst point that Tottenham will win this season. It is only week two. It's not going to define what happens further down the line so if we can get out there unscathed I wouldn't moan at all but James Raheem Sterling failed to open his Chelsea account last weekend although he did have a goal chalked off for offside 
What price would you give me on him opening his Chelsea account on Sunday? Well, he's 11 to 4 to get up and running with a goal in Chelsea Colours this weekend, but I'm in no great rush to back it. I don't really see Sterling scoring nearly as regularly at Stamford Bridge as he did at Man City, where, let's face it, he had some brilliant creative players around him. Just doesn't quite have that at Chelsea, and I think he'll have to work a hell of a lot harder for his goals this season. He'll certainly pick up a few against the lesser sides, but against his Spurs defence, I think he might struggle. Well, Jamie, Harry Kane also drew a blank last weekend. Are you confident that he'll bag a goal in West London? More importantly, what does this mean for the over-under goal market at the weekend? Yeah, obviously it wasn't Harry Kane's best performance uh, last week against Southampton. Of course, he, as you mentioned, he fly, fired a bank in that game. Um, of course, Kane and Son both you know, unable to score. But I think from a Spurs perspective, what was promising is that despite those two obviously not being able to get on the score sheet, they still managed to score four. And of course, a lot of the talk has been our Spurs kind of a two-man team if Kane and Son aren't doing it. You know, where else are the goals going to come from? So, as I said, from, you know, the fact that Kulisevsky was scoring goals, of course, we had goals from like Zadar as well. So, you know, promise, promising from that perspective. I think if Spurs are to have any real chance of getting something from this game, I think Harry Kane's going to need to step up. We, of course, saw that fantastic away performance the Etihad last season where, you know, I don't think anyone really expected Spurs to go there and get a win. But in that game, it was a game where Harry Kane really stepped up. So it shows the importance still of Harry Kane being the main man. So I, I do think Spurs will get some from this. And I am backing Harry Kane to, to get on the score sheet and actually step up and, and, and do the business. Um, so you can get him at any time to score at eight to five, which is fairly decent value. And then in terms of over-under in the goals, I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals for this one. I think both teams defensively are very strong. We, of course, saw Chelsea keep a clean sheet at the weekend. Koulibaly make a strong start to his Chelsea uh, career and then of course you know Spurs I think they, they are building something strong as well defensively under Conte so um, yes I'm going to go for under 2.5 goals for this one at 10 to 11. Okay next up let's go to the home of the Premier League champions and Manchester City versus Bournemouth. Now James it's 1 to 16 on for City to win on Saturday so without insulting anyone's intelligence what is the true value bet in this one? Uh, I mean, I was tempted to throw City double chance into the mix, but <laughs> to 150 were a little bit too slim for me to consider it a value pick. But yeah, it's not an easy one to extract value from, especially when you consider Bournemouth's excellent start in beating Aston Villa with a clean sheet to boot, by the way. Um, a win to nil is the best price one to two, which I think is about the best one to two shot you'll find in this game. Handicaps are always an option with City and especially with Haaland getting off the mark on his Premier League debut. But I prefer the winning clean sheet double, which protects you against Bournemouth sitting in and frustrating Pep's men for large periods. There's also merit to the correct score spread bet. I like to think you'll make some profit if you stick money on 3-0, 4-0 and 5-0 City at 5-1, 13-2 and 10-1 respectively. Good shout there. Obviously, Jamie, Bournemouth would have bust a few coupons last week, especially a certain James Capses as he backed Villa to win at the Vitality last weekend. Does the handicap market make sense before kickoff? What can you dig out before they face off at the Etihad? Yeah, well, I, I think certainly that kind of shocked everyone, that performance, that 2-0 win against Aston Villa. I think, you know, from a Villa perspective, I think everyone were expecting them to be strong. And then, of course, from a Bournemouth perspective, I think everyone's obviously got them in their bottom three. So to see that result was, was a bit of a shock, but I, no chance we're going to see any shocks this weekend. I just think this is a complete and utter mismatch. Um, you know, as certainly as the odds suggest, 33-1 to 1 for Bournemouth to get the win. So, I, yeah, I don't see any chance of a, an upset here. I'm going to go for an emphatic, uh, you know, and a pretty emphatic victory as well for Manchester City. I, I, I'm really liking the sound of a, you know, a 4-0 
uh, or like a, f- a four goal win for Manchester City. So I'm actually going to go for that in the handicap market. I'm going to go for a draw um, and, a, and a handicap of plus four. Um, and that's at four to one. I just like the look, as I said, I really like the look of a four goal margin win for Man City here. Um, so many goal scorers in that team. Um, I think defensively they're strong as well. I mean, for me personally, my pick is 4-0 Man City win here. That's just kind of the feeling that I get from this one. So that's what I've gone for in this one. I've gone for a draw and uh, and, uh, and a handicap of plus four um, at 4-1. to one. Top shouts both of you and well done to the pair for not mentioning Erling Haaland. We can have a week off from talking about the Norwegian. But next up, let's go to Brighton because they also bust a few coupons last weekend as they got the better of Manchester United. Now, James, this weekend, they play host to Newcastle. Once again, something we'll have to give. Is there a hint of double-chance klaxon for the Magpies in this one? It may well tempt one or two who want to put Newcastle in an acker. They're 3-5 to five to win or draw on the South Coast, but they do have to contend with a poor record where they haven't won at the Amex in the Premier League ever. And this fixture isn't the most reliable when it comes to goals either, with over 2.5 being a winner on only three of the last 10 occasions they've met. But... I think Brighton a good value here at home. You can pick them up at 6-4 to four, and after their win at Old Trafford last weekend, you'd have to say that's decent value. Well, Jamie, if you were looking to place some money on this one, would you be backing the Seagulls to come out on top for the second weekend in a row? What's the tale of the tape in this one? Yeah, for me, for this one, I really like the look of a draw. I think these are two strong sides. Um, Brighton, I thought, were really impressive. You know, regardless of how poor Manchester United were, or with it just being a win, I, I really thought they performed really well at Old Trafford. So, interested to see how they get on. But as I said, for this one, I'm going to go for a draw, which is at 11-5. to five. Um, From a Newcastle perspective, we saw them got a really good win against Nottingham Forest, um, of course, on the opening day. Um, you know, it was 23 attempts to five, so they completely dominated them there. As I mentioned with, with Brighton, they were just so impressive against uh, Manchester United. Old Trafford were thoroughly uh, deserved winners in that one. But again, I, I really like the look of both of these two teams. I think they're two sides that could easily be pushing for the top half. I think even for Brighton, I know a lot of people wrote them off, but Graham Potter, I think, is a really fantastic manager and probably doesn't quite get the credit he deserves sometimes. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just think he's a fantastic manager. And uh, I, I'm sure Brighton will have a strong season. Same with Newcastle as well. Obviously, they've finished the season really strong. I'm backing them to have a really strong season again this year. So uh, I think this will be a very evenly matched contest and uh, I'm going going to go for a draw for this one. Top shout. I think Newcastle, if they are to finish in the top half, these are the games they need to start getting points because Brighton really are a direct rival for that same ninth, 10th position, maybe even higher. So it's going to be an interesting clash on the South Coast, but it's also going to be interesting in West London because we're going bet building once again and this time it's Brentford playing host to Manchester United on Saturday once again we're going to look to construct an early season winner and this week James as always I'd like an anytime goal scorer from you well I'm having a tough time backing the visitors here after last weekend so my pick is Ivan Tony who scored last weekend at Leicester he's on penalty duty for the Bees of course and looks a very tempting price here at five to two against what is a pretty wobbly Manchester United backline. fantastic and Jamie I'd like the over under on the goals please yeah, looking at, and kind of from looking at both teams on that opening day, I, I can see lots of goals in this one. I think Brentford obviously showed they've got signs of being able to score. James Lynch there with the likes of Ivan Tony getting off to you know a goal-scoring start to the season. Manchester United as well, of course, all, defensively all over the place. So I think Brentford will definitely be looking to kind of take advantage of that. I think Manchester United do have goals in them as well. So I, I'm, I'm going to go quite big here and I'm going to go for over 3.5 goals wow. here. 
um, at two, uh, two to one. So a big one, and I apologise if it doesn't come off, but I, I really see a lot of goals in this game. Don't apologise. We like it when you go bold. So with that in mind, we've got your two picks. I'll go. I'll play it a bit safer actually, because I feel those two suggestions are solid. I don't want callers to ruin it. So I'm going to go instead of under. I'm going to go for a low over number. So I'll go over. Over four corners. Let's see if that brings it home. And now let's just recap on the three. Okay, then, just to recap, that's Ivan Tony to score any time. It's over 3.5 goals this weekend. And also over four corners. All three in the pot combined. Odds of 9-2. to two. So if you put £10 on, that's £55 in your back pocket. I feel like this could be the one. This could be the winner. We're due a bet builder win. So I think this is going to be the one that finally gets us over the line. And now let's talk about the game itself. James, Christian Eriksen returns rather quickly to his former club. Do you think he can do anything positive against the Bees, or are there other United targets we should be keeping an eye on? Well, I don't see why he can't do any damage. He's a good player who, in the long term, should make a difference for Manchester United. But I can't say anyone particularly springs out as far as goal prospects for the wayside here are concerned. Cristiano Ronaldo started the campaign on the bench, so you'd be alone to back him right now. And outside of that, you've got a team of players that are struggling for form. So even one game in, these are concerning times for Eric Ten Hag. Well, Jamie, it's probably too early to talk about managerial pressure, but will Eric Ten Hag already be facing it after that disaster at Old Trafford last Sunday? Is the job perhaps bigger than he first thought? Yeah, I, I think it is. To be honest with you, I mean, not not only to mention is he, you know, going from you know the uh, the Eredivisie to the Premier League, Ajax to Manchester United. He's also having to do that with the constraints that come with being the Manchester United manager. I think you know United just are a club at the moment with no kind of clear direction or no sort of vision, really. And for me, I just think that job is a bit of a poison chalice. We've seen how many managers have gone there and kind of all failed since Sir Alex Ferguson left. So I just think he's working under very difficult circumstances and obviously having to deal with making that big jump up. Um, so and then, and then to mention, obviously, the circumstances he's obviously had to face with the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo wanting to leave the club. Um, obviously, the transfer targets haven't been great either. So... So many kind of constraints that he's had to work under. So I, I certainly think he'll be knowing that, that it's such a massive task at Manchester United. Pressure's going to be big on him, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, to be honest with you, that didn't surprise me particularly that they did lose on the weekend. I just think they are a side that they're just in a very, very bad place at the moment, Manchester United. So uh, yes, I, I think he'll certainly be looking at that job and thinking that it's, he's got a lot of work to do. Now, James, after starting on the subs bench last weekend, do you think Cristiano Ronaldo is in the starting eleven this Saturday? Or do you think he's still something of an expensive square peg in a rather round hole? I think he has to play, really. You look at the United lineup last week, there was no recognised striker and he played like a side without one for large periods of the game. We can argue all day about whether or not he scores goals to the overall detriment of the side, but... One thing that can't be argued is that scoring record and he usually pops up with a goal just when his side needs one. So, with all that in mind, he's got to be the first name on the team sheet, I think. Now, Jamie, from a Brentford point of view, they clawed back a 2-0 deficit to draw 2 all at Leicester last week. There will be some goal interest on Ivan Tony this weekend. Do you think he'll cause more misery for the Red Devils? Yeah, obviously he got a, a really nicely taken goal against uh, Leicester on the weekend, so that was quite impressive. Um, so for this one, I probably would be backing him to score, and, and you know, any time you can get him at six to four to score. Um, and I think as well, if you just look at how easy it was at times of Brighton to score, I think Brentford will certainly be fancying their chances, especially at home. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I look at this one, and again, it wouldn't surprise me if Brentford were to come away with three points or at least a point here. So. 
yeah, and I, I think Ivan Tony will certainly be a guy who who will be kind of the main threat for Brentford. So, um, yeah, I think if he was to score any time, it certainly wouldn't surprise me either. So I think it's a fairly good shout at 6-4 for Ivan Tony to score any time. I certainly agree with that. Right, it's time for our long shot hacker now. Once again, anywhere in the world, odds of 2-1 to one and 5-1, to one, that's our range. And Jamie, you're first up this week. What have you got for me? Yeah, I'm going to go for a Fulham win um, at Wolves at 11-5, to five, of course. We saw them produce a very impressive performance against Liverpool with that two-all draw. Again, we saw Mitrovic showing great signs that he's going to score goals in the Premier League. Of course, a lot of people questioning whether he's going to be able to do it. Just thought, uh, I think I mentioned um, last week's show, he just scored so many goals in the Championship. And I just think that's going to always translate across to the Premier League when you score 40-plus goals. So, to me, I don't think it's too much of a surprise that we saw him get two. But, uh, yeah, really, really strong start from Fulham. So, I'm going to back them to beat Wolves at 11-5. to five. Yeah, Fulham were on my radar for this segment, but I've gone elsewhere. Before I reveal mine, James, what have you got up your sleeve? OK, I'm going to drop into League One for mine. Accrington Stanley are hosting a Burton Albion side who have started the season in dreadful form. They've started it with a 3-0 defeat at Wickham, then a 4-0 defeat at home to Bristol Rovers, which included... Uh, Shaughnessy, their defender again, sent off in the opening 30 seconds of the game, I think. So, I fancy them to lose again. They're going to go to Accrington Stanley. I'm going to go for Accrington half-time, full-time. You can get that at 3-1. to one. Very juicy. I'm going to stay in Lancashire. I'll go for a draw between Blackburn and West Brom. Now, I know Blackburn have got off to a very good start this season. And West Brom have been, shall we say, solid rather than spectacular. West Brom have drawn two games in the league already. They're dropping points. They can't really afford to lose at Ewood Park. So I think Steve Bruce is going to go safety first. And for that reason, I reckon it's going to be a share of the Ewood Park points at odds of 23 to 10. And of course, check out freebets.com for all the latest offers and enhanced odds from all the leading bookmakers. Right, let's take a look at some more Premier League fixtures now. And first up, we go to Villa Park as two sides that lost last weekend face off in the Midlands. It's Aston Villa versus Everton. But James, what is taking your fancy before Saturday lunchtime? Well, Villa let down plenty of punters last weekend in their defeat to Bournemouth. And I think those backers will be reluctant to touch them for a while now. We've been hinting that Gerard will be under pressure now. He's spent some serious money on this side. And he needs to do something about what is a very mediocre record since he took charge of the club. A 34% win rate will do nothing to appease what is a very ambitious ownership group at Villa Park. And Gerard needs to get a move on what is a talented side. Although... Everton themselves don't inspire much confidence, and with it being an early kickoff, it doesn't really make this one a particularly appealing proposition from a betting perspective. If I was forced to pick a winner, though, Villa, at a shade below evens, would make sense thanks to Everton's dreadful away record. It was just two wins on the road last season for the Toffees, and they're also winless against Everton in the last six attempts with four defeats and two draws. Now, Jamie, Everton were unfortunate to lose Ben Godfrey to injury. One that sees him out for three months now, but they have made moves to address this. That is by signing Connor Cody from Wolves on loan. Is this something of a surprise to you? Well, obviously, we've seen Everton now go and steal Wolves' captain. They've obviously hijacked as well uh, West Ham's move for Amadou Anana as well. So it kind of suggests that they, I don't know, maybe they do have a little bit of a pull, um, Everton. So I think one thing they do need to address is going and find maybe a proven Premier League striker. I think that that certainly needs to kind of be the next target for them. You know, we saw some of their options in that team against Chelsea. Anthony Gordon, the guy starting up front. We saw McNeil and Gray as the kind of the other attacking options. So they're definitely kind of short in that area of, of being, you know, having a strong attacker. Of course, Calvert-Lewin is out injured and he's, you know, he's picked up a couple of injuries recently. Certainly last season, he was out at times with injuries there. So 
an attacker certainly needs to kind of be a priority and one that is Premier League proven. But uh, yeah, on, on Connor Cody, I think it's um, been an interesting partnership that will form with Tarkovsky, of course, as well. We did see Everton uh, stick with the back three on the on the weekend with Godfrey, Mina, and Tarkovsky in that in that in that three. And you know we've seen as well Wolves. You know Connor Cody's shown that he's got the ability to do that, so could be a solid signing. But again, you know Tarkovsky. Um, and uh, Connor Cody, I think these are kind of you know fairly unambitious signings from Everton in a way. So I, I think that this is kind of the club that they're becoming. Really, I mean, it's going to you know a side that maybe are going to be just about aiming for mid-table. So yeah, I'm not too sure on this signing for them. I think it does fit them, but uh, again, if they you know if they really wanted to be ambitious, I'm not sure this is kind of the way to go. Now, James, there was some hype regarding Aston Villa at the start of the season. Is the question here, though, who's going to score the goals? Because when you consider that neither Ollie Watkins or Danny Ings are really making that starting eleven berth their own, is this where Villa are going to struggle this season? Yeah, I think so. Ollie Watkins and Danny Ings are both decent players, but I think they're 12 to 14 goal a season strikers at present. I wouldn't hang my hat on either to fire 20 this campaign. So... I think we'll see quite a bit of rotation between the two. I think it's a position that Stephen Gerald look to upgrade perhaps next summer. Defensive midfield has been well bolstered during this close season and I wouldn't be surprised if the forward line was next on its agenda. Well, Jamie, Everton have no shortage of forward problems themselves. If you had to put some money on an opening scorer for either side, who would you plump for on Saturday? Or could even nil-nil take your fancy? But mm, um, potentially, I think I'm going to go for a goal scorer though, and I'm going to go. And I think Stephen Gerrard, I think he'll maybe look to change things up a bit, and I think we'll maybe look to him to revert back to Ings and Watkins playing up front. So I am backing Ollie Watkins to get on the score sheet, and um, as I said, you know, to be the first goal scorer as well. Um, and he's five to one to score the first goal, which I think is fairly good value. I think he's still a, a, a good striker, and um, I can see him certainly coming into the team. It was Ings that started on the weekend. So I, I at least see Watkins maybe replacing him in the lineup. But as I said, I do think they'll maybe revert to both of them playing up front. And uh, I, I do still fancy Ollie Watkins to score first. Now, of course, it was a draw that Liverpool had to deal with last weekend. James, in the context of the Premier League title race, is this already two points dropped? I think you'd have to say it is, Dan, when you consider how closely these two have pushed each other in the past when just one or two points have separated Liverpool. And Manchester City, a draw at Fulham is a bit of a nightmare start for the Merseysiders. And Washington City comfortably dispatched West Ham 24 hours later will have done absolutely nothing to improve a certain Jurgen Klopp's moods. And fancy City for the title. And I think it'll be a big gap between the two this year. Liverpool's midfield depth is a big issue. And now Thiago is out for a few weeks of injury. And they have some tricky fixtures. While City just look imperious in all areas. Now, Jamie, Liverpool welcomed Crystal Palace to Anfield on Monday. This does have all the hallmarks of a home banker, but if you were to take a deeper dive, what interesting bets do you have up your sleeve for this one? Yeah, I'm going to go for Darwin Nunes to score first, um, and that's at 15-4. Uh, um, I thought he looked really sharp against Fulham when he came off the bench again. He obviously scored a nice goal. You know, that's another goal to his tally. Of course, he scored in that community shield as well, but it was a really nice take on goal. So I, I think he's earned his chance to start. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm going to back him to score first in this one. I think he's made a good start to his Liverpool career, despite what people said about him in pre-season. Um, obviously, to have that kind of that criticism, respond with with two big goals like that, I think's impressive. And uh, as I said, he'll be rewarded with the start, in my opinion. Um, so I'm going to back him to score first against Palace. Now, next up, we go to the Emirates as Arsenal look to make it two wins from two. And James Gabriel Jesus failed to get off the mark last Friday night. Do you think he can get off the mark for his new employers on Saturday? 
I don't see why not. I think he played pretty well against Palace last week and he'll love the responsibility of being the main man in this Arsenal front line. And this weekend they face a Leicester side who aren't at all reliable when it comes to clean sheets. In fact, it's just one shutout in the last 26 away Premier League games and just one in the last six meetings with Arsenal. So I very much like a Jesus goal any time here at 6-4. to four. Fantastic. And Jamie, when you look at Leicester, they had to make do with a two-all draw last Sunday. You can get 18-1 to one on the same outcome happening again this weekend. Do we have to label this one as nothing more than wishful thinking? Yeah, unfortunately, we definitely have to do that, I think. Um, I think just the way they, they threw away a lead like that, you know, to go 2-0 up and then, you know, to, to, draw, to draw two all, I think it's kind of the last thing Leicester really needed. I think given the, the mood at the club, obviously following a really disappointing transfer window, um, definitely the last thing they needed going into a game like this. So I think Arsenal are going to pretty comfortably win this one. We Again, we saw, you know, the Gunners keep a clean sheet at Selhurst Park in that 2-0 win. Looked really impressive. Of course, Saliba making a really strong start to his Premier League career. Um, so I, I think uh, an Arsenal win to nil here at 6-4 is, is probably the way to go. Now, Southampton play host to Leeds, James. And if you were to throw up a combination of two markets in this one, what can you offer to the listeners? Well, I don't have either side down as particularly strong defensively. It's just one clean sheet in 13 for Southampton and it's just two in that period for Leeds so both teams scoring is a good place to start and when I look at the two teams I don't see a huge deal between them I think both will nestle in the bottom half of the Premier League but would be just about safe from any relegation danger so I like the draw too so let's go for a draw on both teams scoring the double is available at 7-2 Fantastic and Jamie you have the same task for Wolves versus Fulham what combination can you offer up to make this game a little more interesting? Yeah, well, of course, I back Fulham to win in my long shot. So I'm obviously going to do the same here. So I'm going to go for a Fulham win. Um, and I'm going to go for Mitrovic to score first as well. Um, you get that at 23-4. to four. OK, moving on to our final Premier League game now. It takes us to the City ground as Nottingham Forest play host to West Ham. Now, James, you can get odds of 10-3 to three for a home win. Is that price worth a little more consideration than it was before? Yeah, I don't think it's too bad a price at all. This is a Forest side that we're very strong at home last season, albeit... At championship level and I think they'll be keen to give a better account of themselves after a disappointing display at Newcastle on the opening day. West Ham have a point to prove too after losing themselves last time out so I think this has the makings of a decent game although I do just think West Ham have the experience to edge this one out. So I think it'll be tight but I like a Hammers win by a single goal margin at 13-5. to Well this is it Jamie because by the same token you can also back West Ham to win at odds of 5-6 to six to get off the mark this season. Does that sound a little too risky for you or would you be backing the Hammers? I think it's going to be an interesting one because I think I mentioned in one of the Premier League previews we do, I think that the City ground is going to be a tough place to go to. We saw them in the FA Cup, how well they did there. Of course, they you know managed to get past Arsenal in the FA Cup um, at that stadium and just shows you know what a big atmosphere can do. Obviously, it's a great Premier League ground to you know to have you know to have in the Premier League now. Um, so that could be an interesting factor. But for me, I, d- I do think West Ham probably will be too strong here. Um, I thought the Hammers they did really well against Manchester City who I think just were a bit too strong in the end and maybe had just too many goal scorers in that team for them to be able to contain. Um, and then that performance from Forrest, um, you know, against Newcastle, I thought they were, were pretty poor and, and pretty lacklustre. Failed to register a single shot on target. So I don't think it's too much confidence going into this one, apart from it being at home. So um, I just think West Ham, they are a side that are going to do well this season. So I'm going to back them to win this one. Um, and yeah, I'm going to go for a West Ham win for this one. Fair enough. Do you know, I like the sound of 
Forest getting off the market, the city ground this Sunday. I don't know. I just feel something about that home ground, Jamie. Like you say, the fact that it's going to be a fortress, or at least they hope to make it a fortress. It's if I was to pick a bet, I think I'd be going for Forest over West Ham just because I like the sort of the the value there. I feel West Ham it's just a little bit risk attached to it. So who's going to be right? We'll wait and see. But I just feel that Forest for me would be a good sort of start to their Premier League season. But again, we'll see because now. It's time for our correct score picks. Once again, it doesn't matter where it is in the world. I just want that outcome spot on. And Jamie, I'll start with you this week. Yeah, well, I mentioned earlier about an Arsenal win to nil, and that's what I'm going to go for here. I'm going to go for Arsenal to record another 2-0 win against Leicester um, and at 7-1. Lovely stuff. And James, what correct score are you hoping for this weekend? Yeah, me and uh, me and Jamie are carpooling to the Emirates this weekend. I fancy the Gunners as well. The Foxes don't really do much for me at the minute. I can go for a three-one home win. and get that at twelve to one. Okay, then as you've both gone to the Emirates, I'll hitch a lift as well. I might as well jump in. I'll go for I'll go for a slender one-nil win just to make things interesting. So we've all got to pick each. So let's see who's right on that front. And also check out FreeBets.com for the best insight and betting tips ahead of this weekend. Right, let's get our passports out now. And first up, we're going to Spain as a new La Liga season gets underway. James, Real Madrid are the favourites. And although they failed to land Kylian Mbappe, would you still be backing them for outright honours? Uh, yeah, I think so. I certainly don't rate this Madrid side, despite winning the Champions League last season. I don't think they're a great team by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't think the signing of Antonio Rudiger does a great deal to improve them either. Barca... Should push them a bit closer this year, but a lot of signings need to gel at the new camp and pretty quickly if they want to keep pace with the favourites. And for what it's worth, I think La Liga is a pretty poor division at present, and Madrid just happens to be the best of a mediocre bunch, so they should still win the league pretty comfortably, I think. Yeah, I think you're right in the sense that it's going to be Real Madrid by default almost, and Barcelona could even default on their finances because, Jamie, Barcelona are doing the equivalent of using their parents' credit card at the moment, buying players with no hope of even registering them. The signs look good at the same end of last season, but is their financial mess going to hold them back in terms of title success? Yeah, I thought it was interesting from James. I've, I've got to slightly disagree. I do Ooh. think Real Madrid are a strong side. Um, obviously, we did see them win the Champions League last year, and I just think some of the teams they beat, I, th- I think it was very impressive how they did it. I think um, again, I, I, again on, on La Liga, I think we could see a really exciting title race as well. I think you have got two strong teams here in Barcelona and uh, you know Real Madrid, of course. Barcelona, as, as you mentioned, have, have done really well in the transfer window. I don't think they'll have enough though to kind of um, to be able to push Real Madrid. I just think Real Madrid have too much strength in depth. Of course, we've got you know you look at their their midfield that they can pick from. Obviously, we've got. The likes of Tony Cruz, Luka Modric and Casemiro as the starting three. Then you've got the young guys who can come in as well. The likes of Camavinga, Tushimeni and, and Valverde. So, so much strength in depth in, in that squad. And of course, the central central defensive options. You've got Militao, Rudiger, Alaba. So, so much strength there from, from Real Madrid. So, I, I think Real Madrid are a really strong team. And I think La Liga could be quite exciting with, with those two teams going for the title. But... As I said, I do think that Real Madrid probably will be just too strong for Barcelona this year. Now, James, it's usually a two-horse race in Spain, but Atletico Madrid like to poke their noses in from time to time. Can Diego Simeone's men do anything in terms of a challenge, or is the Argentine himself under a bit of pressure to keep the club near the top? Uh, I I just can't see it this season in terms of them challenging. Their defensive solidity is still very much there, but I always worry about them. When it comes to goals, he only managed 65 in 38 games last season, which isn't nearly enough to sustain a title challenge. And Looking through this Atletico Madrid side, I no longer see 
a proper goal scorer. Antoine Griezmann only scored three in La Liga last season. Well, João Felix, yes, he's still young, but he hasn't hit double figures in the league in the three years he's been in the Spanish capital. So, with that in mind, I don't have Letty down as title contenders this season. And on Diego Simeone, he's I think he's by far and away the highest paid manager in world football. So, there's plenty of pressure on him, but just don't think he'll deliver success this season. I'll add a small caveat. If they get Cristiano Ronaldo before the end of the month, it might just change the landscape of the Spanish title race. But as things stand right now, James, I'd have to agree. Just They've lost their luster, haven't they, Alessio Madrid? They just don't seem to have that kind of that spark about them anymore. You just wonder where the goal is going to come from. They've lost Luis Suarez, obviously. It's just kind of, I guess, hoping for defensive attributes are going to get them over the line. But I just can't see it across 38 matches. And I guess, Jamie, you could say the same about Sevilla because they always threaten to deliver in La Liga, but they have a habit of running out of steam as they did last season. So can they do anything this time or will they once again settle for a top four finish and another visit to the Champions League? Yeah, I think from, from, for Sevilla, I think they're pretty emphatically the fourth best team in the league, of course. You know, as I mentioned, you're going to have Real Madrid and Barca going for the title. I think Atletico Madrid, they're always going to be a strong team, um, you know, regardless of the players they have. So I'm almost certain they're going to finish third. And then Sevilla, I just think they're too, probably too strong for the rest of the division. We obviously saw them finish five points above Betis last season to secure that fourth place spot. Um, and I just don't see any other team really challenging them to to get that to take fourth place off them. So uh, yeah, I think Sevilla almost certainly are going to be going for that fourth place spot again. Maybe they can push Atletico Madrid. I think we have seen a pretty big drop off from Atletico over recent times. So maybe they might be looking at third place. But kind of any more than a top four finish is uh, yeah, I, I don't think they'll be looking at that. Yeah, I think fourth is going to be the remit. I feel that even if you look at Atletico Madrid as floundering somewhat I don't think Sevilla overtake them so they'll be happy with fourth who knows Champions League drop down Europa League we've seen it before it could just as easily happen again but now we're going to go on another flight and this time we're going to Serie A because it's another new season getting underway and James has Jose Mourinho now had enough time to finally assemble a title winning squad at Roma well he's improved the side this summer without spending much of a penny Serie A sides love a freebie and Roma have done very well in that department with the pickups of Nemanja Matic and Paolo Dybala and the loan signing of Genie Wijnaldum bolsters the midfield too. And they can complement a side that did well in flashes last season and they've certainly got a chance. I think the next step though is securing Champions League football. They missed out last year, but I think they look a great bet for top four this time around at least. Now, Jamie, when you look at Roma's business over the summer, the signings have been rather impressive and especially with that Paolo Dybala tip of yours. So, would you be backing the Romans for outright success? Um, I, I think it's going to be tricky to see them go for the title. I think there's a lot of strong teams now in in, in the Syria um, who will be stronger than them. But I think I think they're building a strong team now at the moment. You know, we've got Paolo Dybala, um, Tammy Abraham, Zaniolo, um, of course, in their attack. So yeah, I mean, it could be very interesting. And I think the aim for them will be to get into into the Champions League. Um, I, I think one thing they might do well in is maybe the cup competition. I think the Coppa Italia is something that Jose Mourinho might have his eye on. He is building a very strong team that should be able to challenge for that competition. So, you know, we again, we saw them do well in, in a cup competition last year as they won the Europa Conference League. So, And we all know Jose Mourinho's record in, in these sort of competitions. So uh, I, I do like the look of them to maybe go on a strong run in the Coppa Italia. Um, but also in the league, I think fourth place and, and finishing in that top four it will certainly be the aim for them. And I, I think they're probably strong enough to do it. Of course, if it's not to be the Romans that win, it could be Milan that offers up a winner. One of two, perhaps, especially the red and black half of the city. They are the defending champions. James, can they build on last season's success 
or will it be tougher to maintain their status at the top? Yeah, I think they'll have it tough this year. One or two teams have strengthened and it isn't much to separate several sides in the Scudetto race this year. But I'm leaning towards Juventus at a tick over 2-1. to one. I like the business they've done this summer. I think Angel Di Maria will bring in plenty of numbers from that right wing. Paul Pogba, when he returns from injury, will have a big impact. And in Dusan Vlajevic, they have a striker with plenty of goals in his locker. It will be close, but the old lady just about get my vote. Yeah, if I was to pick one, I'd pick the old lady again. They seem to be the house of broken toys at times in terms of their recruitment. But when you add them all together, it works, doesn't it? I know they've been off the top spot for a couple of years now. But it's about time they kind of got back to the, the pinnacle of Serie A. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on them. But Jamie, Inter, they've said goodbye to Alexis Sanchez on a free transfer. Will it make any difference to their title ambitions when you consider that he was nothing more really than a fringe player last season? Would you put them in the mix as well? Yeah, they're, they're certainly going to be up there. I think a lot of people kind of expected them to weaken over the summer, of course, with their financial issues. But you know, they've managed to keep a lot of their top players at the moment and even managed to strengthen, of course, the signing Lukaku. I think that'll be an interesting one. Him being back in a league that probably suits him better. Maybe a team that suits him better, of course, alongside Latora Martinez. Again, obviously, a guy who formed a great partnership with before. So, you know, they've done some interesting business so far. We'll have to keep an eye on whether they can keep all their top players at the remainder of the window. Of course, Milan Skriniar, very, very important part of that side, obviously being linked with the move away. But, you know, PSG, they look to have moved on from him and they look to be kind of the strongest side to go after him. Chelsea as well were a side linked with him, but he doesn't look to kind of be on the move. So there's certainly going to be a side that's up there, but I'm going to go with you two in terms of going for Juve as my pick. Of course, another player they did add Juve was Gleason Bremer, of course, Serie A Defender of the Year. So... I do like the look of what they have done um, elsewhere as well for Juve. So Inter certainly going to be up there. But for me, I think Juve are my pick to win Syria. OK, before this turns into a Juve loving, let's go to the EFL now because there's a couple of picks we want to discuss before we wrap up this show. Now, James, you're off to Ewood Park. Blackburn are going to make to look at three league wins in a row this season as they play host to West Brom, who they have drawn their last two. What bets take your fancy in this one? Tricky one, really. I'm still working out a West Brom side that started the season with back-to-back one-all draws. It's worth bearing in mind that they did come against tough opposition in the form of Middlesbrough and Watford. So I don't think a win for Blackburn is a foregone conclusion at all. Two of the last three meetings between these two have been draws and the Championship tends to throw up plenty of them. So that's my pick here. The score draw can be picked up at 15-4. to I like it. You can hitch a ride with me then as we go to Ewood Park and hope for a draw there. And Watford versus Burnley play on Friday night. They both drew in their last league outing. Jamie, can you see them cancelling each other out at Vicarage Road? Yeah, I think this is going to be a really interesting contest. Of course, both teams, you know, made strong starts under their new managers. Um, as you mentioned, you know, winning on the opening day and then, of course, both drawing um, on game, game week two. Um, and I, I think you're right. I can see both teams kind of cancelling each other out. I think both made impressive starts. So, I think a draw is probably the way to go here. And uh, at 23 to 10, I think that's fairly decent value. I think it is indeed. Right, it's time for our final bit of business now. It's the odds on threefold. We all pick a leg each, combine it into an acker. Let's try and go for bets over one to two, but less than evens. And let's see if we can get another winner over the line. Because last week, our four to one treble come good. So a big pat on the back for us all. And once again, I'll go first. I'm going to go with Manchester City to beat Bournemouth at home with a win to nil. We mentioned 1-16 for Pep's men to win, but I'll build on that and go for this win and clean sheet. So that's maximum points at the Etihad for the City. James, what have you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go into League One and Portsmouth have started the season with two draws, but they did win at Championship side Cardiff in the League Cup and I fancy them to get off the mark 
in the bread and butter with a victory at a Cheltenham side that have lost their opening couple in the league and were hammered 7 0 by Exeter in midweek. Pompey looked like value here for the away win at 11 to 8. Play up Pompey indeed. And Jamie, what have you got up your sleeve? Yep, I'm going to Spain and my pick, um, for my pick and uh, I'm going to go for Atletico Madrid to get their season off to a winning start against Getafe, um, which is at 10 to 11. A feisty Madrid derby. Not the Madrid derby we all love, but it's always an interesting encounter. So hopefully, Atletico do you good there, Jamie. Right, that brings us to full time. So I just need to do the admin before we wrap up. As mentioned before, if any of these bets take your fancy, make sure to visit the free bets website. And now I just need to thank my duo of top guests. James, thanks for joining me this afternoon. I hope you enjoyed that one. Indeed, cheers, Dan. And Jamie, thanks for your time and sharing your betting insights with me. Yep, all good. Thanks, Dan. Cheers, guys. And also to the listeners out there, I'm off to get a lozenge because my throat is just about packed up. With that said, just about, it just leaves me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is the Odds On Podcast. And until next time, goodbye. (laughs) 